We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. You know, I want to ask you a question this morning. This is Wiggins America, and this is Ryan Wiggins. Thank you for being here. Uh, first of all, though, before we get to that question, which is very, very personal, I, I really won't know the answer unless you contact me how you answer this question, but it's something I think would spur maybe some some uh, inward-focused, uh, you know, examination. I think that stuff's kind of good to do sometimes. So I do want to say, though, that throughout the show this morning, very, very exciting personal news. Um, I'm pregnant. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not because I identify as a different gender. It's just because somehow they juniored me like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Hang on. Just hang through this, okay? Bear with me. Last Friday, not yesterday, was my birthday. So that day... I was very excited because two of my favorite bands ever were re-releasing two of my favorite albums ever on my birthday. How coincidental is that? And these aren't bands that do this very often. One of them is Pink Floyd that re-released the album Animals, which came out in 1977. It's one of their big four albums, The Wall, Dark Side of the Moon, Wish You Were Here, and Animals. Animals gets the least attention of those four because it doesn't really have any singles on it. They deliberately, Roger Waters always did this kind of stuff, um, Had it only has five songs in the whole album. Two of them are about a minute long, so they couldn't get any radio play. The other three, one of them is 24 minutes long, another one is 13, and another one is about eight and a half. <clears throat> so the eight and a half minute one was the only one they were able, I think the record label pared it down enough to get it to about six, maybe five and a half minutes, and it got a little bit of airplay in the 70s. Once in a blue moon, you might hear a good rock station play that song. But for the most part, it's an overlooked album. But to me, that is their best album ever. And they remixed it in 2018. And the lead singer, David Gilmore, Roger Waters, have been fighting for so long that they fought for four years over what a couple sentences in the liner notes said that prevented it from coming out. Well, bam, finally, it came out last Friday on my birthday. And I've been listening to it all week. And Supergrass, another one of my favorite albums, or bands, came out with a remix version of their self-titled album. So I'm going to be playing that stuff, bump music, all morning as much as I can. Um, So there you go. There's that. Now, for that introspective question that I wanted to ask you. When you are alone or you have time to think, I'm kind of an introvert, which is a weird thing to say because I also host radio. Uh, But the, the term introvert and extrovert 
isn't necessarily about whether you're personable, which is how we kind of colloquially use that term. Uh, It's more about where you draw your energy from. Do you draw energy from being alone or do you draw energy from being with people? A lot of us are a mixture of those things, but lean one way or the other. I lean toward introvert. I need personal time to recharge. So when I get that personal time, a lot of what I do is I sit there and I think about things and ask myself questions and stuff we all do. One of those things that I keep thinking about, and it's, it's something I think we all cycle through, which is why I wanted to bring it to you, is what, what motivates you? Because a lot of times I find myself asking the question of, am I working because I'm trying to change the world? Am I trying to make money? Am I trying to advance myself? Or am I trying to advance the kingdom of God, which ultimately is the thing that I want to be doing? And I find that it's usually a mixture of those things and maybe others. It's never really any one pure thing. At, at my best, maybe in, in moments it could be, but it's, it's usually a, a, a blend of all those things. And the more that I can have better motives, the, the better I feel. Because I get up sometimes in the morning, like right now, you know, it's early, uh, or even in the evening before bed it is when I have some time to think. And sometimes at your low moments, at my low moments, I go, is this it, you know? Is this all there is? Is this, (laughs) that sounds too big and it sounds stupid, but it's that question of what, what's next? You know, what am I looking forward to? I think is, is a better question. Not, is this it? So I'm asking you that question. What are you looking forward to? Because the problem I run into is that I will schedule vacations and things, little bitty ones throughout the year, usually not long, long ones partially because I can't afford it Um, so that I have something to look forward to because otherwise I feel like I, I get a little bit hopeless and we're in the midst of that season right now, not just in the year, but I think in America, we're in the midst of a season where a lot of people are feeling very hopeless because you're looking ahead and you're going, man, what's next? What am I looking forward to? Things all look like they're trending in the wrong direction, you know, for this country. And that's not new, but I think the, the, the gas pedal has been pushed down a little bit on that recently, and we're all feeling it. So I just wanted to open the show today by identifying that feeling and just seeing if you're there too, because you're not alone. It's not just me and you. I think there's a lot of people who are in that boat, and it's really not, it's not based on your political affiliation. There are politics involved in it, but it's not. If you're a Republican, you're hopeful. If you're a Democrat, you're not, or vice versa. I think it's it's a mood in the country brought about somewhat by bad leadership and bad decisions and maybe uh, bad people doing bad things that have brought us to this point that brings about a sense of hopelessness. Now, if you have something going on in your personal life right now, we're going to talk to Trisha here in a little bit. She's getting married soon. I'm sure she's not feeling that right now. She's feeling all amped up. You know, they're going on a destination and, and like lots going on. And a lot of times that can get you through things. Like I was just talking about vacations for me. That's a little trips. So I'm going to have them take one in here in a week or so. We're going to do a best of the bits that we've done, the scripts and stuff. I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be next week with old Roy, uh, who's not here this week. But I think in the mood, the mood of the country right now generally is if you don't have that personal thing that's pushing you. And for me, that is 
hopefully at my core, my faith, and looking forward to things that are not temporal, that are eternal. But that's hard. <laughs> that's really hard to do. So you may be hearing that and going, yeah, I agree. You know, I want to be doing things that are, that are not temporary things, that are not earthly, you know, working for the greater good, doing things that are godly, that are eternal. But on a daily basis, man, I don't know what that looks like because I still get down. I still question what's tomorrow going to look like? What's next year going to look like? Is America getting better? Is my life getting better? I don't know. I think my life's getting better. I like the direction things are going. You know, I've got a good career here. This is nice. I like what I do. But I also, you know, we talk about news a lot. We talk about the direction of the country, and I don't like what I see. So I think ultimately the message that I'm trying to convey to myself through this period of time, and I I kind of do mean this administration in a way, because I do think there could be good things to come past this administration. But I also think we could have to go through a lot of hard, hard stuff before we get to the other side. So that's not really fun to look forward to either. But I do think there's hope in the distance. I think there's a glimmer there <clears throat> that we, we, we probably do have to go. It, I do think it may have to get worse before it gets better. I don't think we're at a point where we can amicably disagree and just part ways and Texas becomes a country and California becomes a country and everybody else is fine. You know, (laughs) I don't think that there's an easy solution to the things that we collectively are in right now. But I do think that ultimately the foundation here is that we, we do have a good foundation. We do have rights endowed to us by our creator enshrined in our constitution and our founding documents. Uh, The Republic is still currently standing, but man, is it shaky. And we're going to have to bulldoze some stuff and rebuild on that good foundation before it gets better. And that may look rather painful. So a lot wrapped up in that. But hey, that's why we open with it, get it all off my chest, and then we can dive into some more specific things. Like I said, Trisha Seekman's going to be in here. And we'll be talking to her, having a little fun this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Wiggins. Up. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. America. 
Keep it here. More on the way. 97.1 FM Talk. Wiggins America on the phone with us right now is Jeff Ferman. He is the founder and CEO of Tusk, which is a free speech browser. I want to actually ask you about that before we get done here. But let's go into the headline here, Jeff. Pat Sajak posing with Marjorie Taylor Greene and taking all kinds of flack for it. Yeah, well, I mean, you can kind of expect that. Uh, and you can expect, you know, some censorship going on. There's a lot of that. There's, you know, the woke movement, unfortunately, they've decided that um, there isn't such a thing as free speech. There's a uh, there's their speech and then there's their speech. And um, other people don't have the right to, uh, you know, get together with other people. And certainly um, uh, the, there's a lot of censorship going on on the Web. And that's why. That's why we built our our browser is because of all the censorship going on. Yeah, this week, Jeff, was, I don't know if you saw this, but it was uh, Banned Books Week. And apparently this is not a new thing. They they do this at independent bookstores all over the country, and they have for years now. But it takes on a different meaning because I'm seeing a lot of social media users talk about how the right will ban books all the time. And... uh, it's so disingenuous to me to be saying that on, I mean, first of all, it's not true. And in context, there's a lot to explain there. But second, they're saying it on platforms where they're fine with their political opponents being at least shadow banned, if not outright censored. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an ongoing problem and it's starting, unfortunately, it's, it's starting in the schools where uh, apparently the the teachers are, are, I know you've seen a lot of the teachers, uh, you know, you're kind of shocked. Um, and what they're teaching is, and particularly professors, it's okay to to uh, censor people. And this country, we grew up, you know, we talk about immigration and how we want to be a melting pot. Well, it's the same with freedom of speech. What we honor here is the fact that you have the right to speak. I can't imagine when immigrants come here, and they find out that's not true. It's getting more and more like Venezuela or more and more like uh, Cuba, where you're being shadow banned. Or you're, and it's not just the government, although we know the government is involved. Uh, but the right of the First Amendment right, which uh, there was a case just in, in uh, Texas, where um, the, the advocacy won, the, you couldn't ban people, and it was upheld in, uh, in the, one of the courts. But still, the whole issue of banning people and shadow banning them, and it, that's why that's why I built Tusk is to help solve that problem. And now it doesn't you know totally solve it, but at one piece that we have to build one piece at a time, and this was the first effort. Yeah, we're talking with Jeff Remand. He is the founder and CEO of Tusk, a truly free speech web browser let me before i ask you about text i I questions for you about it but you mentioned something there that i want to hit on and that is that you know immigrants are coming here and realizing oh my gosh i was told that america is the place of freedom and all of a sudden i'm seeing uh at least certain groups acting like the government from where i came from and maybe even the government like you said too um when when you see that happening here do you think that we are just catching up? You know, we still have a First Amendment here, and we still have courts that may be, you know, um, protecting that right because it is enshrined in our Constitution. Are we just in a time right now where the lawsuits haven't caught up to 
big tech, which is moving much faster than the courts do? Or is this an alarming trend where you see that maybe we have crossed over the cliff here and there's no coming back from it? Well, um, I'm not sure we've crossed over the cliff, but certainly uh, the laws that were were you know set by Congress where you couldn't sue um, a, a, a tech company like this. They have this, they, you know, they have this provision that doesn't allow them to get sued. It gives them all types of license to ban people for all types of crazy reasons. And, uh, you know, I haven't quite seen this. And, and you didn't think that the First Amendment would apply in these companies where they're arguing, well, we have the first right, the first uh, right of a uh, first right to um, deny someone uh, even speaking on our platform. And so, you know, the, the it goes both ways with the First Amendment, <clears throat> but they're certainly using it to their advantage. And once again, the only the only answer to this is for the conservatives and which is, you know, 50 percent of the country, at least maybe more has to build their own set of standards and their own basically Internet. I hate to say it, but that's it's sharing. Sharing doesn't seem to be a lot of of interest by the liberals. Yeah, and that's that's what I've seen it too, and that's actually why I wanted to talk to you because as the founder and CEO of Tusk, I've seen Tusk come up in conversations like the one we're having right now in many ways. Explain just first what Tusk does or why people who are concerned with this issue should use it. Sure, great. So last year, um, I decided we, we build browsers for a living, and I decided that uh, you know, browsers and search engines, that your browser was not allowing you, without you going in and trying to dial something, you were, you know, these news feeds, you weren't, you were seeing news feeds that they only wanted you to see and making it difficult for you to see stories that maybe were interest, maybe they're coming from the right. So we built a a search and uh, excuse me a browser that's dedicated more to free speech but it's it's really dedicated to conservatives who want to get the news feeds and want to get easy to use links so they're not chasing stories all the time and so that's what we built uh with this news feed that gives you more conservative news although because i believe in freedom of speech it allows you to go in and easily change that but out of the box I would just want this to be easy for conservatives so they're not struggling so much with the Internet. Now, it doesn't solve the search engine problem. That's a whole different bailiwick. But at least we've taken the first step of solving the first problem, which is the browsing. Is this the way you see things going? You kind of hinted at this, but uh, that we're going to end up having two economies in this country because one side says to the other, uh, specifically the left, saying to the right, you are not welcome here. I, I don't really see the right doing that to the left. But the solution to me isn't that uh, we just try to get along because they don't want to get along. You know, it seems to me like products like yours almost have to exist out of necessity so that we're not completely shut out of the conversation. That's exactly right. And that's why I built it is because I felt like uh, you know, conservatives were being uh, shut out of the conversation, and it's legal to do that. And so, you know, unless we build our own economy, uh, we, you know, it's going to be very hard to get the message out. Let's take the let's take the perfect example of the Biden story, the not the latest one, in the movie, but the original story. Had that not been censored by Twitter and then by Facebook, uh, it might have been a different outcome for the presidency of the United States. It, it might have been Trump. 
But the fact is that they blocked that story. They censored the story. They said it was disinformation. There were 52, you know, officials that said this is disinformation when it wasn't probably cost an election. And I was that's the thing that set me off and said, you know, this isn't right. We're going to have to build our own economy for the Internet. And so that's what I proceeded to do. We're almost out of time here, Jeff, but I just wanted to ask you really quick. Is this something that philosophically speaking, is this something that you wish Congress would take up and say, you know, with Section 230 or whatever it is that, hey, you got you big tech companies, you can't do this. Or are you saying, you know, libertarian, you know, hands off. It's better to have hands off. And then we just create a separate version of everything, which is happening. It's happening slowly, but it is happening. Yeah, I think the second one, leave everybody the right of freedom of speech. And if they want to block you, they can. Now it's going to cost them customers. So maybe they're okay with that, and maybe there's, maybe it costs them fifty percent of the country. And if they like that economically, that makes them happy. Then I would say, fine, let them do that. Jeff, if I want to download, or anybody listening wants to download Tusk and use it as their browser, what, how do they do that? So you just go to tuskbrowser.com if you're on the uh, desktop, and if you're in the if you want to go mobile. Uh, you would go to your uh, favorite mobile store, which is the Apple or uh, on Android was the word I was looking for on Android and download it. Enjoy it. And we are going to launch a search engine. It'll be phase one. Hopefully within a year or so, we'll have it so that you can download and actually see search results that will you'll recognize as being conservative. Yeah, that sounds great. Let us know when that happens, Jeff. And in the meantime... I guess people can go get Tusk as their browser. I think I'm going to do that myself. So thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, sounds good. More Wiggins America coming up. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. I'm going to share something with you here that may just bother me. Hopefully it does because uh, that means that I am easily bothered. You're not. You have thicker skin than I do. Uh, This is the end of National Banned Books Week. Apparently, according to a lot of local bookstores who are struggling to survive, of course, so they're looking for the press. And I'm giving it to them, I guess. But The Atlantic said today marks the beginning of Banned Books Week. This was on Monday, so to the end of the week now. An event that celebrates the freedom to read and spotlights current and historical attempts to censor books. So if you didn't hear much about Banned Books Week, I'm going to say that's probably good. It was just bothering me like crazy when people on the left mainly on social media, I don't think anybody's saying this to me personally, will call the right book banners and book burners or whatever, like Fahrenheit 451. That drives me so crazy because it's so far from the truth that, again, maybe this is a look into my psyche more than anything. I I have these talks with my son, so he's eight years old. He plays soccer, and when you're in third grade playing soccer and you're playing select, which he is, at a, at a higher level, and maybe even at lower levels, the kids start to get rather rough because that's how you play. I mean, that's I'm not saying that they shouldn't play that way. I don't like it when refs allow kids to play with their elbows up and going in like a linebacker. But you you, you use your body. You got to use your body. And, of course, there's jerks and kids have emotions. Parents have emotions, too. But the kids do. You know, if you're losing real bad or you you make a bad play or something, you get frustrated, you might do a dirty play or something like that. Well, that stuff drives my son absolutely bonkers. He can come away with a win and have played a great game. And the first thing when we get in the car, he tells me is, man, that number seven, that kid 
kicked me in the shins on purpose and he was yelling a bad word at my teammate. And I'm like, dude, look at the big picture here. Look at what you just did. And and also that stuff is intended to get that rise out of you. So I'm saying that to him and I'm turning around and talking to you on the radio and saying basically the exact same thing to myself, yet I can't get over it. So I know where my son gets it. We're emotional people. I'm an emotional guy. I, I, I am. I'll admit that. He's an emotional kid. But it's all about this sense of justice. When somebody does something wrong, I have always thought that needs to be eliminated. That needs to be punished or grace given and the person be brought back into the truth, the light, you know, and I am speaking in biblical terms, but I'm also just speaking in like just truth with a small T terms. That stuff drives me crazy when somebody lies and the book banning thing is doing that. This is the player who's kicking you in the shins when the ref's not looking just to get a rise out of you, even though it's not really doing anything to the game. It's just bothering you. This is that. So I apologize, but I pulled this quote from Chuck Schumer and they they know what they're doing, okay? Quote, these modern day efforts from the far right to ban hundreds of books from the top down are dangerous and patently un-American, Chuck Schumer said on the Senate floor. This was a few months ago, though. This isn't during banned books week. <laughs> he says, quote, this right wing cancel culture should be resoundingly condemned, unquote. Now, you, I, you and I both know, if you're using a phrase like right-wing cancel culture, dude, you are just stoking the fire. You know exactly what you're doing. And I hate to admit it, with me, this one works. It drives me crazy. <clears throat> because <clears throat> when you talk about the right banning books, you're using a kernel of current events and blowing it into you're a Nazi or whatever, you know? Because there are two ways you can approach this. One is to say to people who quote, yeah, you're, you're on the right, you're, you're in favor of banning books. One, what are you talking about? Because you're talking not about actually banning books, you're talking about the possibility of removing some books from children's libraries that are mostly, not exclusively, but most of them are sexually explicit or have deep, deep sexual undertones and ideologies that they're trying to teach to children who may otherwise have never thought about these sexual deviancies as we used to call them. Now, that's one angle that drives me crazy because they don't ever say that you're, what books they're talking about or that they're just talking about little kids. They just say book banning, which doesn't... The only actual book banning, by the way, is going on from publishers... And places like Amazon, who are printers, who refuse to print certain ideolo ideological books. That's actual book banning that's happening now. And guess who that's happening to? Yeah, people like Matt Walsh, who are writing books about trans, you know, about actual trans issues from the right or sexual issues from the right. Those books, a lot of times, can't be published. That's book banning. But that doesn't get referred to. What gets referred to is these things because they fit a narrative. Secondly, as you know, the place where this is mostly being complained about is social media. Need I say more? You're on a platform claiming that the other side is censoring too much, using a platform that censors in your favor your political opponents. 
and documentedly has in the last few years especially. The hypocrisy of that to me is so deep that I almost believe that nobody's actually saying it and believing it. They're just using it as like a caveman club to try to hit and cause some blood and then move on because they, they, they know this isn't actually going anywhere. Yet, like my son, when they kick my shins, I can't look away. I, it, is, it drives me crazy. So consider this segment my apology to you for even bringing it up and get, putting some gasoline on that fire because I'm well aware that I shouldn't and that it has no traction because it's so ridiculous. Yet, I figured just the fact, I mean, this isn't an issue that's been, you know, just this week. It's been percolating for probably a year and a half, basically since parents started getting involved more in school boards and saying, hey, I want to know what my kids are learning. Well, then all of a sudden they're going, I don't want them learning that, and I don't want them learning that. And my tax dollars are supporting it, so uh, you got to listen to my voice at least a little bit. I may not win the argument, but you got to listen to me because I'm paying for it. So parents' rights groups are getting involved, and they're doing something about it. But this is banned books week, so I figure if I'm gonna if I'm gonna yell about it, which I just did, this would be the week to do it. Thank you for indulging me. We have more good con. This was terrible content. We have more good content coming up right after this commercial break so stay here you didn't think i could let the whole show go by without talking about the return of quantum leap do you i've been talking about it for two months on this show and maybe you're tired of me hearing me talk about it well this may be the last time unless it gets really good but it came out it came out on monday and you can watch it on peacock if you have the streamer i think it was on nbc but that's how you'd watch it now is getting the peacock app or streamer whatever it's called and uh, there's only one episode on there, so let me summarize this for you. It is a sequel. They refer to the old series and Sam Beckett as being lost. So he does make, I guess, an appearance, although it's just a, it's the photo from the original series that they pull up on a hologram, and they're like, this is Sam Beckett. So he's not in it. The, the modern day, uh, what's his name, is not in it. What's the guy's name? Scott Bakula. Thank you. Scott Bakula. It's close enough to Sam Beckett that it's hard to remember. So Scott Bakula doesn't make an appearance in this series, and there's speculation as to whether he will or whether he won't. My guess is that he won't. Otherwise, they would have said that he will already. But he's a big part of the series because he never returned. So he stepped into the quantum accelerator and vanished, is what the original voiceover says at the beginning of that show which is the theme song that we're playing right there. Um, but, uh, and you may remember that because that, it's, I guess it's a fairly iconic theme song, right? I, I certainly do. So he's gone and nobody knows where he is, which means there's a very much an open door for the new series to find him. But that's not the plot of the series. The plot is that this new guy, Ben, they're at, he is at an engagement party. So he's with his fiance and I guess they're announcing their engagement at this party I didn't know people had fancy parties to announce their engagements, but that's what's going on at the beginning of the this, uh, this series. And they both work on the Quantum Leap Project together. Their job is to fix the problems with it so that they can figure out how to time travel and not run into the same problems that Dr. Sam Beckett ran into. So this is, I guess, 20 years later or something like that. Well, at the party, it just kind of jumps to Ben 
is now in 1985 and he's entered the quantum accelerator and done exactly what Sam Beckett did and gone back in time. So the mystery of the series, and you remember Al from the original, his fiance is Al to him. He's She's the hologram that can see him and, and only he can see her in the time that he's in. So the mystery then, and I like this, is a good plot to build on, is that he, just like Sam Beckett in the original, doesn't remember much about his own life. And he actually doesn't remember that the girl he's talking to, his Al, is his fiance. She knows it, but he doesn't remember it. So she's having to slowly reveal these things to him. And I'm sure over the span of the season, that'll be kind of part of the arc, is her showing him, look, we're almost going to be married here. So, um, But he doesn't remember, and therefore he doesn't also remember why he stepped into the quantum accelerator at all. So that's the mystery because she was supposed to be the one that did it and he was supposed to be her Al hologram. But he, for some reason, left that party and stepped into the quantum accelerator. So the mystery is why. Nobody knows. The cast doesn't know. He would be the only one that knows, but he doesn't remember because the quantum thing, it causes your brain to be Swiss cheese like the original did. So that's the plot. I thought, overall review of it, it was pretty good. It wasn't anything really groundbreaking, but for a pilot that's picking up and carrying the series forward, it does a good job. It's pretty cliche. Uh, his job in fixing the past in this one, he, he jumps back into 1985, and he's a bank robber. He's the driver for a bank robbery. And you're like, okay. <laughs> but the person he's driving for, that guy doesn't really want to be a bank robber. He's just got a, a daughter who's sick. And because she's sick, they dropped their insurance and she, he can't pay for it. That's never, even in 1985, that was illegal. I hate that plot point. After I be saying that I liked it, let me just say this. That plot point shows up in a lot of modern dramas as the motivation for somebody to do something that maybe they otherwise wouldn't. That is illegal even nowadays, it's even more difficult to happen. But even in 1985, you couldn't drop somebody from their insurance just because they got sick. That has never been the case. That is lazy writing, and it's very, very common writing. And you see it all the time. I've seen it in many series. So anyway, off my soapbox on that. So overall review, pretty good show. Doesn't do anything terribly great. Doesn't do anything wrong. There is a little bit of wokery in it. Now, let me say this, though. The writing itself is pretty much good across the board. It's it's a little lazy, but it's not bad. There's nothing really deeply political. or They're not trying to prove any sort of points with it, which is fantastic. As you know, that, that's not even that common anymore. However, the if you, if you know how these things are created, the writing department is oftentimes very, very separate from production, certainly from casting and costumes and wardrobe and all that. So it looks like casting and wardrobe is woke. The writers don't seem like they are. And they they have one character who for so, is named Ian. And for some reason, he is a guy who is dressed as a girl. They don't address it at all in the show. So for some reason, they decided, let's make Ian into a girl. have no idea if the writers intended that. It doesn't look like they did, but it is there. So... Before we run out of time here, I know this is like a long, but I've been talking about Quantum Leap coming back for a long time. I love this. Here's the reason that I'm excited about this, though. 
That is wonderful news. Got this article. It, it gives you the five. Now, there are more than this, but I thought this did a pretty good job. If you want to catch up, if you remember the original series and enjoying the original series, it was intended to be an anthology. I, I read that recently. I didn't know that. That the creator, I think his name is Don Belisario, he wanted to write a Twilight Zone, but probably a little bit more, less sci-fi and more dramatic Twilight Zone, which is to say it's an anthology where every episode's different. Well, the network didn't want something like that. If you remember the late 80s, early 90s, anthologies just weren't popular and they weren't being bought. So he decided, okay, if I want to do an anthology, I'll put it into a sci-fi package where it's the same couple characters, but every week's different. So it's still episodic. And he sold it. And now we have the reboot of, uh, of it. And here are the five episodes that if you want to catch up before watching the new one to see all the, the most key plot points from the original. Number one is the season premiere. Season one, episode one, called Genesis. It'll give you the whole rundown. Season two, episode 22, is one where it actually connects the lives of Sam and Al. Because for the most part, you don't see a lot that goes on in the lab. You see Sam jumping around, and then Al shows up in those spots. But you don't see much going on in the plot of the story because, like I said, it was intended to be an anthology just telling stories, not getting into the backstories of the main characters much, which in the early seasons, it really didn't. So season two, episode 22 kind of does that. And that episode is called MIA. So if you're just keeping track and you want to write all these down, that's fine. Um, season three, episodes one and two are kind of linked episodes. It's called The Leap Home, parts one and two. This is the season opening two-parter where Sam leaps into himself as a 16-year-old. So you get to see a little bit more about who Sam is in that and why he ended up doing the Quantum Leap project. And then he leaps into the Vietnam War and he's embedded in the same unit as his brother. So you get to see a lot of Sam's backstory in that one. Then episode our season four, episode one, is the one I remember the most from originally watching it. It's called The Leap Back. And it was a wild twist where Sam and Al switch places, where Al is the one who leaped and Sam becomes the hologram just for that one episode. And then once it's over, they flip back. That was a, that was a pretty good one. This one is key. If you, go, if you really want to catch up on the plot, and this one is where I hope the new series goes because it was super deep, okay? Season 5, episode 22. This was the last episode of the series. It's called Mirror Image, and it's kind of slow, but Sam leaps into his own body at the moment of his birth, and he finds himself eventually in a bar, and the barkeep is maybe God or some other being, doesn't quite say, but tells Sam that Sam is behind it all along. He could leap home if he wanted, but he's more driven to right wrongs throughout history, so he keeps going subconsciously. But with that realization that he can control his leaps, Sam go, decides to go back and fix one looming regret, which is telling somebody from his personal life about Al. And the episode ends with Sam leaping back to 1965, uh, 1969 in his own body, leaping as himself this time around. So it, is, it gets really complicated, but that's where, that's where the sci-fi fun part of it gets that I hope this new series really explores is how deeply you can get into the crazy sci-fi stuff that the original only kind of hinted at 
and certainly in the late the last season got into a little bit more where he's fighting Satan and other leapers. That's what I'm hoping for the new one. So far, so good. I mean, it's just an establisher, and that's fine. But we'll see where it goes. Anyway, thanks for indulging me. Hopefully, you can catch up and we can talk about it because I'm enjoying the ride for this one. More Wiggins America. Trisha coming back in studio right away. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 